it's all they they're doing it because they're not confident and so just trying to build that confidence is literally the key the confidence to network the right way the confidence to price like you you're listening to the gangstar creative podcast where we talk and share real strategies real tactics and real stories from me and my badass guests to help gangstar creatives and artists like you thrive in both your business and life and i'm your host Ivana. i'm an artist creative entrepreneur speaker and best-selling author are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist if so let's get it What up, it's your girl Devana, and if you're new here, I want to give you a big welcome, and if you're coming back, I just want to thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button right now, and if you've been enjoying the podcast so far, be sure to rate and leave it a review. This week's Gangstar Creative is Allie Koch, and she's the hands and heart behind Allie K Design, which she founded back in 2014. She's an artist based in Dallas, Texas, and she's turned her passion for art and design into a full-time career. She's the author of two published books, How to Draw Modern Florals and Florals by Hand, and she's on a mission to inspire others to create as well. You can find Allie's artwork on murals all around the Dallas-Fort Worth area and throughout the U.S., as well as merchandise in stores all around the country. When she isn't designing artwork, Allie is speaking on topics such as business and entrepreneurship to fellow creatives, whether it's on a panel or on her podcast, Breakfast with Sis, which she records with her dad every Saturday morning. While Allie has been able to work with some incredible companies such as Lululemon and Fossil and created things that have been nationally recognized, her favorite part of her job is still drawing from her bed while cuddling with her cats and drinking a Chick-fil-A sweet tea. We talk about a lot of awesome things in this episode like pricing and networking, so let's just go ahead and hop right to it. All right, Gangstars, I'm super excited to have Allie Kay here with me. She's an amazing artist, designer, and so many other things. Allie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for asking me. This is so fun. I have to say I am obsessed with your podcast name. It's so fun. Oh, thank you. I know it's, it's different. I love anything I like... that's pu- punny, so ah, I, I appreciate it. that. <laughs> Well, can you first start off just by telling our gang stars that are listening a little bit about yourself? Who is Allie Kay? Where did you start and where are you today? Man, who is Allie Kay? That's a good question. <laughs> it's probably like the hardest question to answer in two sentences because you're right. I, I do a ton of different things, but essentially I'm a visual artist is a good sum. I paint murals. I... I'm mainly known for my black and white artwork line illustration mainly. Um, I do that with, through all through my murals and through my Instagram and what I just like to create for myself, but I have published books on how to achieve that style through florals and I'm actually coming out with a couple other books for kids that expands that. So like my first kids book is like all the things it's like line drawings of unicorns and cupcakes and ice cream cones and dogs and cats so it's been really fun to explore that side more because everyone just knows me as Allie Ko. she draws flowers it's like man I can draw so many other things but (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing I like drawing flowers so yeah so were you always 
an artist in that sense? Like, or did you have like um, a different professional background or career path going for you before you started dabbling into art? Yeah, so, and I'm just like going back, I could like name 10 other things that I do. It's like, I, I also have a podcast, I have an app, I mm -hmm. do mentor sessions, all these things. And they've just kind of have found me. I went to school for marketing at UNT, which is a college here in Texas. And I originally actually went to school for interior design. Mm -hmm. I thought that that's what I wanted to do. It was somewhat creative. I've always had like a creative bug, but I didn't think I was really great at art. I was never the greatest artist in my high school class. I was just kind of average. My husband loves to remind me all the time that he was in AP art and I was only in regular <laughs> art. Savage. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, okay, okay. Um, so I was just like, I just like being creative and really I, I hated school. I was like, what can I do that's somewhat easy that I could just get in and get out? Well, I psyched myself out. A lot of people are like, oh, you're not going to be able to do anything with interior design. So I was like, I guess I need a business degree. So I went into marketing thinking that that was the closest thing to something creative i really if i would have gone back i probably should have done graphic design i feel like that would have been more beneficial mm -hmm. i like toss it's like everything happens for a reason um i met really great people in my marketing classes that i probably wouldn't have met in my graphic design classes so I don't know it is what it is but anyway <laughs> so i graduated with a business degree in marketing could not find a job to save my life it was the worst experience ever i'm like man people are just missing out on this really great person right <laughs> um, and that's when i just started doodling and i had my first apartment at that time so making art for that and what year was this um 20 it was like five six years ago so okay 2015 Okay, Ish. cool. Yeah. And I mean, my friends found out that I was making canvases and the rest is history. It just kind of has grown and expanded into what people see now. Oh, wow. So you're, you were kind of on that path, basically wanting to do like interior design and whatnot, but you started dabbling into doodling. Was it always flowers? Did you always start out with like your oh iconic flower signature or did it evolve from something else? You wouldn't and even like recognize. So I like opened up what? an Etsy and did all that shenanigans and it was like pink and glitter and watercolor and gold shimmery like <laughs> complete opposite of what you see now I was very I'm at the time I Camille or I'm not gonna be able to pronounce that word but I um was very influenced by the people that were around me so in high school and college sorority girls that were popular I was like oh this is what I need to do and act and look like to get people to like me as well mm -hmm. 
Well, that year after I graduated, all my friends had jobs. So they were busy with their nine to fives. My husband was busy. Everyone was busy. So it was just me sitting in my apartment, me in a canvas and just my cats, literally. (laughs) So that whole year was a really big transformation year of finding myself and what is Allie really like and, and how does this make her feel and what does she want to look like and all this stuff. So I found my style. I dyed my hair gray. I got rid of all the color in my closet and, and just really leaned into, obviously it took a little bit more than a year to really hone in on it, but Mm-hmm. It was a big transformation. I tell people all the time that your brand is you. Like this is our Absolutely. super it's our superpower. It's our it's a thing that sets us apart from a Target or a Walmart or any other like bigger stores, Lululemon, like they they're really great and successful, but they don't have a person behind it that people can connect to. Like people can connect to you. Like that is our superpower. So finding yourself, if you don't fully know yourself, you don't fully know your style, you don't fully know like how you want to decorate your house or how your hair color. (laughs) And that's hard because there's some people that want to change it so much. Mm -hmm. I have friends that change their hair color monthly but their style still stays the same. They just like to be yeah. creative in their hair color. So right. it's just figuring it, out like your, your brands and your overall aesthetic yeah, that people yeah. can pinpoint and recognize whether like for you, it's your hair and the black and white, black and white and like the outlines of like florals. Um, whereas like some other people might be just like the accessories they wear or um, their different style of art, like, you know, whatever your style was, back in the day that could be something that somebody else is recognized for definitely like people come to my house and they see my car or whatever I'm wearing they're like man you're really on brand I'm like I know like (laughs) it's not I was just watching your uh, I am the brand like (laughs) yeah I was just watching your insta story before you hopped on here or your um yeah your insta story or your igtv I should say we were like welcome to my crib and I was like looking at your your house is just like a representation of you and your brand and then I remember when I was assisting you with that mural here in San Diego I remember your little like toolbox and like down to your your uh like hand wipes and stuff was like all on brand and that was like the first thing I said to you was like girl you know you're so on brand and I love it I mean me being uh like an owner of a branding agency I appreciate little things like that so I just thought it was so cool to see you as a creative and an artist that actually like knows how to do that and do it the right way (laughs) yeah it's like those little things that people don't think about like I I wear very minimal jewelry I don't wear anything like on my ears like have standard stuff like I don't have a lot of knickknackies in my home I don't have a lot of stuff on my wall so it's like you can see that in my brain like my brain is really minimal and some simple and but very timeless and and elegant so uh, there's so many people right now that are struggling with that and it's probably one of the biggest questions that I get of like how do you find my style and especially coming from me when I'm teaching someone essentially my style they they don't get that I'm teaching you how to draw the shapes and the concept I'm not teaching you how to draw my style um 
so people trying to like take that out and and finding their own style and Mm -hmm. and how to do that I was like look at yourself first it's gonna be like the number one factor yeah taking a step taking a step back are when you were um like focusing on the artwork more was there like a pivotal moment or like a specific project that kind of catapulted your career as an artist so I started in the wedding industry so my husband was like you we've just been we I've known him since I was 14 we've grown up together our only boyfriend, wives, all those things. So we grew up with the same kind of concept of like nine to five, that's what you do, business insurance, that's, you need all that stuff. That is just the only example that we've always had. And so when I told my husband, I was like, hey, like people are paying me for my artwork. He's like, that's Mm -hmm. great. That can be like (laughs) your hobby. I'm like, yeah but it could be my job. He's like, no, no, no. Like you, we need health insurance and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, do we? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's what you're there for. Like you can, you can have the health insurance. And he's like, I don't know. So a lot of it is, was like trying to prove to him that this could be a full-time job and, and showing him that it's actually possible because we never had that example. Um, So I knew I couldn't make a living just off of canvases and $5 cards that I was selling on Etsy. So I was like, okay, wedding industry, there's a lot of money in that. So I got into the wedding industry. At the time, I was actually modeling for an agency here in Dallas and the big thing and it still is kind of a big thing now is like the style shoots where you're the fake bride so I was always Mm -hmm. a fake bride because I had the look at the time I you probably would have never even recognized me I had blonde long blonde hair that was fake tan (laughs) yeah like just the traditional bridal look so I got booked for that all the time but that was where I was able to meet a lot of the wedding industry and connections with that so I got into the wedding industry fairly quickly grew that fairly quickly because of having those connections and relationships I knew was it just doing the modeling or was it doing art things related to the wedding so I yeah so it was both so I got quickly got out of the wedding like the modeling I didn't really like it um they're like you need to stop eating Chick-fil-A and I was like "Ooh, peace out (laughs) (laughs) so I well when I was playing bride I was like hey I can do that calligraphy like if you need someone let me know and so I slowly just started bringing my stuff to the styled shoots and they're like oh my gosh this is so great and then that kind of slowly evolved but so then I stopped modeling, focused on the wedding invitations and mm. was the, the sign person of the style shoot versus the model. And I loved that way better. Um, but I quickly realized, I was like, well, the brides aren't my customers. It's the, it's the wedding industry. It's the, 
the planners and the florists and the photographers, those, those were the people, the minute I became friends with them and connected with them, then I, I was set because I never had to set, and I, to this day, I still don't, I still never send out any sales emails. I know like Pander, really good friends, Roxy and Phoebe, they were mm-hmm. on the podcast. They're all about the sales emails and yeah, like the outreach and stuff. Thousands of them. I am very, very thankful and I have yet to do any of that because I am so hyper-focused on word of mouth and all of my, mm. all of my projects and clients have come from, come from that word of mouth. How many connections can I make? How can I be top of mind with them? And in order to do that, you have to connect with them and be friends and and stay in touch and things like that. So that's been, that's gotcha. been kind of my secret sauce and how So you've I've done no gotten. advertising, um, no email outreach, um, no, like, I guess you could say like classic marketing. It's you really only relied on word of mouth and your networking. Yep. And I wow. figured, I figured it out when I was in the wedding industry, I connected with the industry versus trying to connect with the brides. Mm -hmm. And the minute I connected with the industry, they were my, they were my marketing. They, all of my projects came from them. There Mm -hmm. were a couple that came from Instagram, just from seeing my Instagram and liking it and seeing what I was putting out there. Like, obviously you're going to get people from there. And I get a ton of people from like that's how I've gotten Fossil and Lululemon a girl in their a girl in one of their programs or departments was following me and someone mentioned murals and like oh my gosh I follow this cute girl Ali K you should reach out to her so it's that's a cool I was gonna of, ask that too like how you got yeah. those, those like your Instagram yeah so it's a mixture of that word of mouth and then the mixture of like truly I know it's so catchy and so trendy of like be authentic and show <laughs> you on Instagram and show yourself. It it freaking works though. It totally works. Like the more you can put yourself into Instagram and show yourself and and treat it as a tool of like just hanging out with other people, then they're gonna attach to that and be like, Oh, I wanna hang out with you. Oh, I wanna I wanna be your friend and you kind of become like the cool kid of the party. Yeah, is attracted to. So what would you say is like, uh, so for anybody that's listening, maybe they're more of like on the introverted side or like they're not that great at networking. What is your, I guess, like for lack of a better like phrase, like your secret sauce to um, connecting with your network? So you're saying like, you know, you rely on, you relied on word of mouth like in your in-person connections, keeping in touch with those people in the industry, like what were some of those things that you were doing to make sure that you were on top of mind or to build those types of relationships where like they always came to you and always referred you for, for business? It, it really just goes down to being genuine. I never made that connection with the thought of like trying to get something out of it it was more like okay how can I help you or how can I the minute someone knows that you care is the minute that they're gonna care 
so you have to show that you care about this person and you care about their thoughts and what they do in their business and it will come and return the favor it might not be immediately but down the road it it always happens at least for me it's always happened i remember i would go to markets and not get any customers or not get anything but i met a i met someone that was also at a booth nothing mm -hmm. really came of it but then two months later they're like hey well, i met you at that booth like there's this really cool project you want to collaborate on it i'm like yes like that's how like those are the things and the connections and just being i think a lot of it too is being observant like you could be shy Absolutely. You don't like to talk to other people, but if you're observant and you can see like, oh, that person has really great talent and I could use it for this. And, and I just said that and like, don't take me wrong. Like I'm not like constantly like, oh, I can use you for. Well, yeah. X, it's y, just Z. more of a high level. It's more like, of like, yeah. yeah. Like you can collaborate and, and. You just have to, yeah, it's hard. It's like hard because everyone's story is different too. Mm -hmm. Like I started to, I used to be super shy in college and high school. Um, didn't really talk, like just went to school, went home, didn't really do any extra curricular activities, never partied that much. Um, but I started to notice the more I put myself out there, the benefits that I were getting in return were worth it. So I right. knew that I needed to practice confidence. I don't think people, people just think that you're born with it and that's not the case. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that it's definitely something that you have to practice and work on. So that's exactly what I did. I just practiced confidence. I practiced, I remember that there's this thing called Pinner's Conference and I don't know if you know about it, but it's like pinners on steroids in person. And they asked me to teach a class. I was like, yeah, totally. I've done this. You say before. pinners for people listening who might not know. Pinterest. Are you talking about, like, okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, literally like a Pinterest board, but in a conference, like there are booths gotcha. and classes and how to, it was really, it's a really great concept. So they asked me to, to, talk and to teach a class I was like yeah that's great and they're like all right it's gonna be 200 people signed up for your class and I'm like oh shit I have never talked to 200 people that is literally like a keynote speaker mm -hmm. situation um luckily I have a really amazing dad and he does that for a living and so he coached me through it and he's oh like, that's good just make sure that they can relate to you tell a story and and own what you're saying and they'll you'll have them hooked and it's exactly what happened and so i coming from never ever ever speaking like my largest class was maybe 30 40 people to 200 instantly never practicing i it went well and everyone loved it i was like all right this is it i can do this and my my confidence just built the more I saw that people were attracted to me and my personality, it mm -hmm. helped. So, 
Yeah, I love that you you said that, like practicing confidence, because I know even for me, like that's something that I've had to do over the years, because I'm naturally introverted. I was, I grew up like really shy with not a lot of confidence and like being an entrepreneur, you have to put yourself out there and you have to talk to people. I mean, now I do public speaking and, you know, podcasting and I go out and actually talk to people when I'm at events and things, but I always tell other creatives, it's like, you have to turn on your extroverted switch and you have to practice talking to people. You might feel silly at first, but the more you do it, the more confident that you will feel and the more empowered you'll feel in, um, you know, in your worth and what you can, you can offer to other people and to the world. A hundred percent. Did you, um, how did you like transition into doing murals? So here you are in the wedding industry doing like, um, calligraphy, like invitations, you're doing like signs. How did you start kind of paving your way into painting big murals? Like, around Dallas and around uh, the United States in a sense? I, in the wedding industry, I was overflowing of my apartment. So I knew I needed to find something else to have more space, meet brides, all that stuff. I found a studio that was literally down the street from my house off Craigslist, was really great. and I asked her, I was like, hey, like, there's a bunch of white walls. Can I, can I paint that? And she's like, yeah, do whatever you want. And I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> so I painted my first mural outside of my first studio. And the rest is kind of history. Someone saw it on Instagram. And they're like, hey, I have a building. I, I want you to paint something. And I was like, man, this is happening. So I got a, uh, my first really big, like, paid one. I I did charge for that first one of, like, hey, I have a mural or I need a mural. Um, and then the second one, it was literally from buying a necklace. I'm not kidding you. This is what I'm talking about. Like, it's all about <laughs> connections. There's this girl on, on Instagram. She had this necklace. I needed this necklace for a trip. And I was like, hey, I'm leaving like tomorrow. Can I get this necklace for you? And she's like, yeah, like come. She she was in Dallas. And so I was like, she's like, yeah, come, come and get it. So I went to her house really late at night, thought that she would just like put it on her porch step. And I didn't see it. I was like, hey, like I'm, I'm here to get this necklace. She's like, I'm coming. And so we sat and chatted and she's like, what do you do? What do I do? Like, why are you going to LA? Why do you need this necklace? all these things. Yeah. And she's like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I'm going to start following on Instagram. Well, she worked for reward style. And I don't know if you know who, who or what reward style is, but if you know any blogger, they work with reward style. It's how you get like the links and like to know it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, Oh, it's so great. Like, didn't think really any much about that other than I'm like, right. oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just met someone that works at RewardStat. Like they are <laughs> so successful. They've blown up like the blogger industry. Like that's a mega monster of the blogger industry. Literally two weeks later, she's like, hey, we're doing this new campaign. We want to do a mural. Can you paint it? I'm like, yes, I can paint it. So literally like I never would have gotten that opportunity if I didn't buy that necklace and made a connection with her so it's just so it's just been like a 
ripple effect for you. Oh, every single, and I mean, I could, I could do it. I could name every single mural that I've had, like in the connection that it's got, like I followed Roxy and Phoebe and Roxy and Phoebe, um, we're coming to Dallas and they contacted me like, Hey, you have a studio. I'm like, yeah, I do a studio. Let's trade. Like if I can sit in your class, you can have my studio for free. They're like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Perfect. Take them out to dinner. We afterwards to thank them. We hang out, we exchange phone numbers, mm-hmm. our best friends. And then I'm in the ladies who paint mural festival. So it's yeah. like all of these things I could have totally just been like, yeah, use a studio. See you. Bye. <laughs> the dinner, wine them and dine them, because I really wanted to be their friends. Uh, <laughs> I could have done that, and it just would just would have been like Instagram friends. The, yeah, no, true, I totally get that. Yeah, the true secret is taking it off of Instagram. Yeah, like how can you how can you connect with them outside of social media? Gotcha. Yeah, I love that. And then um, myself and my husband have taken the same approach that has helped us with like our branding company where, you know, we would always, if we met somebody or connected with somebody, we'd always like go out to dinner, or always, you know, hang out in some sort of way because the connection really happens when like you don't talk about business and you talk yes, about like literally you know, the, the other person in real life. <laughs> that's literally the secret. People can look at your Instagram all day long and love your art, but sometimes they can't connect to you because they are not an illustrator and maybe they're a mm-hmm. photographer, but if they can connect with you some on a different level, you got them hooked. You got them hooked. Yes, absolutely. So when people hire you for your services, let's just say murals, and if you want to go into other um, streams of income, you can, but I always like to bring up the topic of pricing. Like, do you have a certain method for pricing your services, whether it's for um, your murals or um, doing certain collaborations or um, your mentoring and things like that? What's yeah, that I like? mean pretty standard. I mean, if you've asked Roxy and Phoebe the same question, it's pretty much the same answer. I've been, yeah. um, I've gotten so much knowledge from them on pricing and doing it by square footage and based on location. And I really, they're like, no, you got to do it by square footage. And then I do it by square footage. And then I look at the wall and it's like stucco and it takes me longer. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's literally like square footage, but also I need to see that wall first. So I can mm-hmm. make sure that I'm not getting into anything that I don't want to get into. So um, it's taken a while to, and that's another thing. It's like the confidence and confidence comes from clarity So Mm -hmm. just being, studying, figuring out what you're like, I'm going to price different, completely different than what Roxy and Phoebe can price out in California because there's more money out in California than there is in Dallas. So just your market, people that are in the same industry or what you're doing, like look at them, talk to them. Like I have a, a, girl who does murals here and I knew that she was undercutting what she should have been charging she is so good and so talented but she was getting all the jobs that I was pricing at and I was like there's only one reason why she's getting all these jobs because she's probably 
less and she was. So I took yeah. her out to, to breakfast, breakfast and lunch. And I was like, Hey, like, what are you charging? Like, I know you're charging lower. She's like, yeah, I just started. I was like, you are so like, she's actually more talented than I am. Um, I was like, you are so talented. She's like, I don't have the Instagram followers. I was like, no, 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 no. That is not like <laughs> talent needs to speak for itself. So, yeah. um, I, people would much rather, and I mean, personally me, you can, I'd love your opinion, but I would much rather someone ask me like, Hey, like, what are you charging versus, and me telling them what I'm charging versus just like shooting in the dark and be like, well, I'm going to charge this. And then it's below average rate or whatever. Yeah. Like if someone like asked you how much you charged, you, would you get offended or would you be like, yes, thank you so much for asking me? Talking about like a, another creative or artist? Yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely be okay with it. And that's the reason why like I'm so passionate about this podcast and meet the types of questions that I ask creatives and basically bringing up money and bringing up pricing is because not enough creatives talk about money or pricing. And it's like this weird secret for some reason. And I really believe that that's the reason why we as a creative community undervalue ourselves. We don't have like a set standard for society to, you know, expect and value us at um, when we kind of keep these prices and numbers to ourselves. And then also it's not empowering creatives who want to become artists or want to be, you know, in your shoes. If you're not sharing like how much you're charging or yeah. you know what the potential is like how much money you can make from painting a mural or doing a licensing deal then that per that that person is not going to know that this is actually a career that you can do you know so yeah. many people think that you have to be a starving artist or like there's no money in artwork but there's so many creatives who are successful so you know that's why I've I'm interviewing people like you, where it's just like, you're doing the damn thing. So it's like, how are you doing it? You know, and sharing your story is going to empower somebody who's listening to really like go after what it is that they want to do. Because who knows if somebody's listening, someone told them yesterday, like, hey, you want to do illustration or you want to paint flowers on walls? Like, that's stupid. It's like, no, I just listened to this interview. This girl, Allie, like she's doing the damn thing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, uh, and going back, like, I think a lot of people that don't talk about it, they're worried that they're going to take it and tell them, and then they're going to be like, oh, $500 cheaper. So as long as, like, if you really are serious about it and you really are curious, like, respect the information that you're getting and respect the industry and respect the time and an effort someone mm -hmm. is putting into you and don't like try to undercut them yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for real so what would you say what would you tell um those listening like either share like what's the most you've ever got paid for a mural or what what can you share is like the most that you know that someone can make from a mural oh Roxy and Phoebe are making like thousands like mm -hmm. 50 yeah, I know they share that. murals. Like it's a, that's insane. I definitely haven't been there at that point. Um, but it's definitely. I don't do anything less than two thousand dollars. Like that's my. 
I never I love I, that you have like that minimum yeah, at and least you bar, have you know? and you have to have that minimum because when you're if you do something less than what you're more comfortable with then you're either gonna just regret the project it's gonna take you you might break even with the if you need to hire help or the person is just gonna nickel and dime you on revisions and stuff like that like it's mm -hmm. just not like that's like find your number and stick to it like I do it for all for branding murals anything that's a really bigger ticket I or custom art like that's it like nothing under $300 nothing under $2,000 nothing under $800 like that's you have to I love that for everything yeah yeah that's so good um do you you've done like bunch of different licensing deals. What does that look like? That's something that I haven't tapped into and I look forward to having the opportunity to. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people listening would love that as well. So what does that look like when either you reach out or somebody reaches out to you and you begin that kind of collaboration um, with a different company to license your artwork onto products and things? Um, I'm trying to think of like the last one that I did. Um that's like fresh in my mind. Didn't you do like wedding veils or? Yeah, that was good. It's, um, they're all different. There hasn't been a single one that has been the same. Um, so, and a lot of this is under contract and confidentiality. So I can't, mm -hmm. I can't like go dive deep into numbers. Um, yeah, but okay, so if you take out the numbers, like, what does that process look like? Literally every single one of them is different. Yeah. Like, one, so some of them can be, they've come to me, and they have a certain budget, and then I tell them, okay, you can get X for this. Or one of them, I've come to them and be like, hey, like, I want to put my stuff on your products, and they're like, okay, great, it's... 10% royalties or it's you can do if someone comes to you and they want you to have your products on them and it's like smaller a smaller business not like a larger business a lot of times I'll be like okay um it's gonna be just to make math easy a hundred dollars but you only get a hundred pieces to print. Mm. If you want to print more pieces, then the price goes up. So like you have to limit, you always, always, always have to limit either the time or the amount that they can print mm -hmm. based off of the money that's attached to. I think a lot of people aren't aware that they can limit and they're just like, oh yeah, willing to, like there's, to do an unlimited license <laughs> deal is like, Crazy. Crazy. And no, no business has the ability to do that. Or a lot of businesses will kind of like, I don't think that they're doing it out of harm, but I just think that they are like, yeah, just whatever, unlimited. And then you're like, no, no, no. Like this <laughs> is like this, you can't just get this forever. So you have to kind of like, you're the boss, like you make the rules. So you're going to be like, okay, well you can have this for this year or you can have it for 200 prints and and limit it that way so most of the time it's been like that where 
there's been a certain number, a certain project amount, and then I'm like, okay, well, you have this for either one year or up to 200 SKUs. Mm, gotcha. Okay, that makes that that's pretty much like a lot of what I hear when it comes to um, people doing licensing deals. Like everybody's always said, like it's different, you know, per project. Literally, Um, like it's just kind of like you have to figure out what's good for you or what's good for the the business that you're collaborating with too. Yeah, I have never every license contract I have to start it from scratch. Every single one of them because every single company and business and product is different so there's either like five different products or one product or they're a small business so they have a limited amount of money so you have to really tighten up that and I'd say that so much for murals too or or branding like really with, with anything if someone doesn't have a big budget you can still work with them like you just limit your time or what you give like someone mm-hmm. with a $2,000 mural, but once it at a 10 by 20 or yeah, 10 by 20, like that's never going to happen. So you're like, okay, well, <laughs> um, you, if you only have $2,000, you're going to get more of like an eight by eight or a six by mm-hmm. six. So that you they have to just educate them on like, this is what this is going to be and yada, yada, yada. So Right. And like you said before, you know, it's not like the, it's intentional. They just, they don't know. So you have to yeah. educate oh, the they don't know. and they'll they say don't yes, know. most likely. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so you have different kinds of um, multiple different revenue streams. Can you share what those are? Because I know you have, you know, like I said, like the, you have the mentorship, the murals, but I know you have like passion projects too. I don't know if they're revenue streams or not. So can you share what those are? And then also share like you know, what percentage of that would you say brings most in, uh, most of your business or most of your revenue for your business? Definitely, probably murals. Um, Right now, that's not the case. So I like to call like my business pies, business insurance, essentially, Mm -hmm. and having multiple, like, if someone is just doing wedding invitations and is only offering wedding invitations, I tell them you're not gonna you're not gonna sustain. You're not going to make your business successful just by offering one thing. So, and I learned that early on. I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to make a salary income just off <laughs> of cards and canvases, and like a salary income like thirty grand and above. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew that I was like, okay, I have to offer, I have to offer more than one thing. Um, Roxy and Phoebe talk about this all the time too. They, I think their number is seven, um, like seven different ones. And I think that is really great to strive for, but that is, can be very overwhelming to some people. Um, so I definitely know that you have to have at least three or more to have kind of that business insurance. So like for right now, COVID's going on. Um, and my, we'll say like five that are really, that bring in streams of income right now. Mm-hmm. Out of my five, some of them are at zero, but then some of them have X'd 
times three because I was able to put more of my eggs in those baskets. So, gotcha. and they all kind of fluctuate. So just because one is at zero, one is going to, is always going to raise. It's just the math. If one's going to go right. lower, one's going to go higher. So it's like that business insurance of like, there's something always going to be happening. So before let, let's pretend COVID isn't happening and everything is fine normal. And, <laughs> normal and, and great. Cause I do think that it will, it will eventually yes. go back there. Um, it'll just take some time. So before COVID it was definitely murals. Um, and then the second one, probably a mixture of brand illustrations and brand collaborations. Like I have those as two separate ones because they're either logos or their collaborations. And then I have mentoring. I have a podcast that it, it technically doesn't make any revenue right now. There, we get some sponsored, like, hey, can you mention, shout us out and we'll pay you. Right. But it's nothing that we're really, like I can monetize it if I want to. Um, cool. I have an app that makes some money, but apps are very, like, it's a cool thing to have, but you don't make a lot of money off apps. And then <laughs> my books. Oh, actually, I probably would say my books are the second. I keep forgetting all these things. Um, and my books. And I think that's it. Yeah. How did you get your book deals? I have been, was very grateful and very fortunate to have a publisher reach out to me. Again, like wow. it just goes back to, I've never ever like knock on wood, cross my fingers, <laughs> pray that, um, and a lot of times I'm like, gosh, I'm just getting so lucky. My dad's like, no, this is not luck. This is your hard work that you're putting into it. And Absolutely. it was really hard for me to see that because I, wasn't doing what a lot of people were doing and what a lot of people were saying to do. Um, but then I'm like realizing I'm like, no, actually I'm doing a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. And because I'm doing those behind the scenes stuff, it's, it's producing this. So my didn't reach out to a publisher, publisher reached out to me and they're like, Hey, like we want to do a how to draw florals book. Are you in? And I'm like, um, I was sure. really, I was still <laughs> heavily into wedding and wedding invitations at the time. Oh, I wow. So it was like way back before way you back. transitioned. Okay. Yeah. Way before I transitioned. Yeah. I was still in wedding invitations. So I, I drew florals in some of my, my wedding illustrations. So I guess that's how they saw that I could actually draw. Um, but it took a couple of phone calls with them. At first I was like, how much money do I have to pay you to do that? And they're like, no, no, no. Like, this is not a scheme. Like we're, we're actually going to pay you. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, there are so many other, because at the time there were so many other people that I looked up to that were drawing amazing florals. I'm like, why are they not asking them? Like, I don't get it. And my dad <laughs> was like, they asked you for a reason. Girl, you better take that blessing. <laughs> yes. I was like, he, he pretty much was like, you're not, not doing this. You're doing it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. But I talked to them and they're like, we saw the servant's heart that you had. And we saw your personality through your Instagram and saw that you were willing to teach others. And we were so attracted to that. Like, those are, those are the things that 
publishers are looking for that. They're not looking for the talent. There's so many people that are talented. Mm-hmm. They're looking for authors that can connect and have those characteristics. And like, we saw that in you. I was like, okay. So, um, I can't remember exactly what year. All the years are blending together. But, <laughs> um, I've come out with, let's see, one, two, three. That was three four years ago um, mm-hmm. when that happened and so I'm now I'm on two three five books with them so and that's with the same publisher yep the same publisher. wow that's awesome girl congrats yeah. on all of that that's that's so awesome um you have so many things going on from you know the books to the murals to mentoring to the app your podcast with your dad all of these things so many things how- now you know how it's like hard to be like <laughs> I'm like well how much time do you have Right. Well, how do you manage and how do you manage all of that? Do you have a team? Do you outsource? Do you do it all yourself? I, for the longest time, didn't have. You have a manager or like an agency? Nope, I don't have Any that. that? Um, I thought that I needed to have that. Um, and I go back and forth. Like literally actually today, I was like, I wonder if, if they could like really get my name out there. And I'm like, oh, you're dumb. Like your name's already out there. So I just have to be really grateful for what I have already. Um, but nope, I don't have a manager. For the longest time, I thought that I could do it my, myself. And it was a lot of pride. Literally, it just goes down to it. It's just pride. Um, and eventually, getting to the point to where I was like, I hate doing some things like the shipping and the just the tedious little tasks and I say I'm done with that so I hired an intern to do the wedding invitations and then she just has kind of grown with me with all of the like we don't obviously don't do wedding invitations anymore Um, but she does all of my shipping she does some emails for me if it's like automated emails or coordinating some things. I still am very control freak and talk to all of my clients and all, uh, she never doesn't really do the only emails that she do are like behind the scenes following up on like book tour stuff and, and logistics wise. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's, I do have a mural assistant, um, that I typically don't paint a mural by myself anymore my mom used to paint with me to keep me company and she is she's not old she's more way more fit than me but she's has more of a social life than I do um (laughs) so she kind of retired from that role and I hate painting by myself so I'm like I need a mural assistant so um and it just goes by so much faster when you have someone there so cool well it's good to know that you know you're just like I can't do this all by myself like most creatives you know because we're so handy we feel like we can just do everything but there comes a point where it's just like you don't have to do everything yourself you know and usually once you do get that help you're like man why didn't I do this sooner (laughs) seriously and it's like one of those you for the longest time I'm like well they're they're buying me like they're hiring like they're hiring 
me for me. So it was hard for me to wrap my head around of like, I can't hire an assistant. Like, they're not me. And I was like, well, there's so many things when you really like sit down and look at all the things that you touch that don't have to have like you in it. It's a lot. So yeah, just like thinking it at that, that way versus, um, trying to do it all your own, kill yourself trying to do that. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're coming to the end of, um, our conversation, unfortunately, because I know you you are short on time. I know, but I do have just like a couple more questions. Um, one is just, you know, I always ask everybody this is how do you think we as a creative community can annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? Do you have any like parting tips or advice to share? I think it's, again, that building confidence. I think a lot of artists that, I never want to say that they're like starving because that is, yes, that's where the thing is, but you never know like what their situation is. But the Mm -hmm. artists that aren't making a salary income, um, it's all, they're doing it because they're not confident. And so just trying to build that confidence is literally the key, the confidence to network the right way, the confidence to price. Like you, they make, like, it's all up to them. Like they can make this much money. Multiple people are making this much money. They've seen it proven, but if they don't act on it, then it's never going to happen. So like it's not given to you like none of this is given to us um it's all worked for and so eliminating that starving artist mentality is just building that confidence and having other artists help build confidence and and teaching others how they're doing it and i think we don't physically and fully absorb what we're doing and what we know until we teach or share about it. Um, and so the more that we can all share and get together and, and strive to eliminate that stereotype, the better. I love that. That's so, so good. Well, what's next for you? What can our listeners look forward to? Obviously, it's, some things are limited because of <laughs> the, the COVID stuff happening, but I know. anything it's, exciting coming up? Yeah, a lot of, um, I'm coming out with some fabric, which will be exciting. Um, hopefully, these like 10 murals that are in queue hopefully those wow. actually happen. Little, there's just so many stuff that's like just put on pause and and I think that's probably another reason why I'm not uh too worried because like I can like I can see the jobs I just can't do the jobs. right so I have tons of girls lined up and more collaborations and I have my very first kind of art installation experiment with Sweet Tooth Hotel that will be opening up if you ever come and visit Dallas cool or, um and then yeah, that's been really great of just kind of like stepping outside of murals and the iPad and making something that someone can experience. Uh, that's been really fun. And then diving into kids' books. It's a, I've been doing how to draw books for three years now, but I think the kids' 
category is going to be a whole different ball game and I'm really excited to kind of build the confidence in the the next generation which is which is cool I love that. I love that. Well, Ali, congrats on all your success and all the things that you've done and are about to do, girl. You provided so much awesome value in sharing your story and business tactics and strategies. So just thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This has been so much fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes, and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDF. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.